This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Oh my God, thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. Jump on to BeatSource.com if you want a free 60-day trial. Use our code, THE20. It's T-H-E-2-0. And you get free 60 days. You can try it out. You can DJ off of the cloud using BeatSource link. You can use our curated playlist by our amazing DJs and music curators of all different genres. And there's so much more. So uh, use that code. Let me know what you think. Hit me if you got any questions. Find me on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Send me, uh, you know, you, who you want on the show, what you think, what's going on. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you, the Beat Sorcerers, all the supporters, everyone out there. I appreciate it. Please rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app and help us grow up the charts and keep doing this show. And um, yeah, you guys, uh, I got to let you know about our amazing guest of the day. We are up here. We're in the studio. We're in Beat Source Studios official. And um, we've got someone who, you know, compared to some of the other guests, may be relatively young because um, a lot of open format DJs we have on will be in the older, older area sometimes. And we get some younger people. But this person's relatively young, but... That doesn't matter because the amount of experience that he has from the open format DJ world to the music production world to being his own artist um, and so much more that you will hear about in this episode. I think you'll hear like he really knows what's up and he's put in the work that needs to be done to like genuinely know how to DJ off vinyl and be an open format DJ, but also find his path within being a music producer and being an artist himself and producing for other amazing people. So you're going to hear these great stories on the episode coming up. Um, he recently released an EP called Open the Nova Door, and after you hear who it is, you'll that will make a lot of sense to you. Uh, definitely check out that artwork. It'll be a little shock to your eyeballs, and I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and uh, the album or the EP really shows his diverse production styles and influences from feel-good French house type of music to indie rock to... Um, Latin influence songs It's all over the place And it just You know It's just the beginning for him We talk about His remix EP coming out And a lot of other stuff um, After that But um, Yeah I think You know This episode We get to know him His influences His You know Everything up until that point And um, Also his visual Parts So he He has four different music videos That all connect To become like a movie So um, you'll check all this stuff out after the episode. He tells us about creating and selling samples, which is another thing that he does that blows my mind. I've been I've checked it out before this episode, and the stuff he was playing us after is incredible. Talks to us about DJing with Little Dicky in the past, being his tour DJ, producing for all types of people, including NBA YoungBoy and that song going all over the place. Um, and then we talk about our history because I've known this guy for a really long time, and I'm super excited to have him on the show. So please welcome Novador. We're here. It's the 20 podcast. We got Novador. Give it up. Let's hear it. Boom, 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 boom. 
Yes, let's go. Let's go. Wow, wow. People are cheering from the street. Oh, my God. I'll see you later, honey. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you later. We're across the street from one of the greatest Jewish delis. Oh, factors. Factors. Love it. Love it. Love you it. know, when the waitresses, the meaner the waitresses are, the better the food is. <laughs> it, that applies so to dim sum and Jewish delis. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Chinese food and Jewish delis, if you get a really mean, yeah. you know, server person, you're going to have really good food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, would you like some? Would you like those over easy? I don't care. All right. <laughs> and there's ash in your food. You love it. It's good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. We got the Jewish connection off the bat, and we both love dim sum. So let's um, go. Let's go. Good start to the podcast. Um, yeah. So, you guys, we've got Novador in the house. I am super excited to have him on the podcast for many reasons. Um, first of all, I've known him. Since he was a wee child, we little baby. pinch his cheeks right here. Um, he's always had a better beard than me, even the day I met him when he was probably 15 years old. But still, I've known him since he was young. And so to see his growth and journey uh, has been amazing. I always knew he was talented and he, what, you would come basically be like an intern at yeah, my studio and wouldn't help even out. let me in the studio sometimes. It'd be like <laughs> in the in the hallway, just like waiting for you to just like do anything, like peek your head. I'll be like, yep, uh-huh, yeah, are you ready? Uh-huh, whatever you need. so funny. So, yeah, so thank you for that. And And so from there, like, I've just seen you, you know, develop into this dope producer where I genuinely love the music thank that you, you make. You. And I, thank you. not because I know you or I'm being nice. Like thank you. if I didn't know you, I would seek out your stuff and download it and play it. And thank it's, you. it's funky. It's dope. It speaks to me on many levels because like I love all types of music and dance music and, and DJing. And I feel like you are good at incorporating all of the stuff that you love too, which is a lot of similar stuff to mm -hmm. me into, into that, into yeah. your sound. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you. so yeah, I mean, that's, why I'm so excited to have you here me and, too. um, and, and you are releasing your project now is Novador. That's yeah. your, that's your name. Yes. Yeah, and, last name. um, You've had other projects in the past. Uh, Bees Knees mm -hmm. was a past project that I also loved. It was a partnership that you had with somebody. Um, but right now you're putting out Novador. And, um, yeah, what's I guess let's talk about that, and then let's go back in time and yeah. talk, about, talk about all that. But what's happening with the Novador project? Well, well first, my mom says hello. And hello to your mom. Yeah. I love your family. <laughs> they love you too. Um, but, um, yeah, I just released this EP, Open the Novador, uh, Technically on the 17th of November or the 12th, I think it was or okay. 17th. forget the day already. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was honestly like a really fun experience making it because kind of all stemmed from me like when I quit being an artist to then wanting to be an artist again and finding this journey of what style and genres I like and right. really diving more into, I would say the more up-tempo house um, stuff. But obviously like this EP really, like I, I felt like kept true to my roots. Yeah. Um, like you were saying in the styles that I'm into, um, right. but that's, yeah, that's like kind of the, the, the small jib of it, but uh, yeah. And when you say you quit being an artist, you mean from bees knees. Yeah. You sort of took time off, went more into, the shadows of being a producer yeah. for other people, right? Yeah, honestly, um, 
in uh, the reason why I stopped the artist project was because within the span of like two months at that time, I had like broken up with my girlfriend of like a few years, my managers I had worked with for a few years, uh, like we split. And then right. I was with CAA to, and they dropped me and like all this stuff happened. Yeah. And I was just like, what do I want to do? Because right. I loved being a SoundCloud artist, but, um, I was, I mean, I definitely, it, it went more than that, but yeah quote unquote SoundCloud artist. And, uh, I just was like, I want to make music. I realized how much I love writing and producing. So then I just decided to stop putting so much pressure on that lifestyle and just focus on writing and producing. And it turned out that it kind of works out. So yeah. it's great, <laughs> but it's fun. I don't what know. What was some of the stuff you worked on during that time that you want if you want? Yeah, no, about. no, it's totally fine. Uh, I, the first like placements I ever got that really like made me believe like, wow, this is what I could do for a living and yeah. like do this consistently. Um, within the first month of me, like actually putting my, my effort in mind you, I'd already been making music for seven, eight years, uh, or six, seven, eight years, whatever it was at that point. So like I'd already had my skill, but right. I and just, how old are you now? I'm 26. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to end up like I don't know. I, I we had gotten some opportunities. Me and my my roommate um, Nico the kid, uh, yeah. who I collaborate with a lot. Such a great producer. Really great is. guy. Great person. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I love his music. It's great. So good. And and he uh, influenced me to just like kind of like really push myself into that space. And within okay. the first month, uh, I had written a song for Odessa and then produced a song for NBA YoungBoy. And like wow, all over the board, literally in the first month. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> this is cool. I could totally do this, you know? And so how did you get like when you made those songs, did you make it specifically for those people in mind or did you just, were you just making packs of beats and ideas? Um, to avoid a longer story than it needs to be. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the, uh, both things were a little bit different. Okay. Sorry, there was a siren going on, but, um, um, but we're in the city. Yeah. City. <laughs> um, uh, but, but there, there was, uh, so I got hit up to write with another with another artist, uh, Naomi Wild, and she's a good friend of mine, and I was working with her at the time, and mm -hmm. she just hit me up and asked, like, hey, do you want to write some um, songs to some beats that I had? And right. so she sent some beats over, and it was for a totally different artist, the Odessa song, and it ended up getting in Odessa's hands within, like, two weeks of us writing it, and then another, like, month or two few weeks whatever it was we were in the studio with odessa wow. and then the nba young boy thing happened to just be for, uh in a beat pack for fast and furious seven at that time i don't freaking know but <laughs> but um it just ended up uh uh getting its way to kevin gates and then after kevin gates uh got put in jail for kicking a woman on stage uh it I get a call like is that what happened? <laughs> yes, that's actually what happened. Wow. And then I get a call like NBA YoungBoy is gonna is gonna record to this song, and now it's not gonna be for Fast and Furious. It's like its own thing. And I was just like, I I was like, who the heck is NBA YoungBoy? Like at the time, <laughs> he it was his first mixtape, AI YoungBoy. Oh wow! And so, you know, I was a little annoyed from a artist that had maybe gets a few million streams versus Kevin Gates at the time who gets 40 or 50, no matter what happens, you know, yeah. million. So I was like kind of hesitant or reluctant rather. And, uh, that song actually went like 
did really well on you know video games, uh, films. Uh, it was in UFC three, the Hate You Give movie. It was like a soundtrack for the NFL for a whole year for Sunday football. It was wow. It's just like what song is it? It's called Left Hand Right Hand. Crazy. Yeah. Um. I no. I, he's he's turned out to be one of the top streamed artists in the world right <laughs> yeah like ever <laughs> like it's crazy because he doesn't have the radio hits he doesn't mm -hmm. he's like really one of the biggest artists because of youtube i think mm -hmm. right Isn't yeah that? yeah most streamed artists on youtube um <laughs> yeah he's literally That's number insane. three most streamed artists last year according to rolling stone i think or the year wow. before and like it, it's been really cool to watch that happen but honestly i was upset when it first happened i was yeah. like this guy, I don't know, and I feel that way with rap sometimes because like, I, I love making rap beats, but I just, uh, I don't know, I'm not, like, in that culture 110%. I am, like, one foot in, one foot out. I'm very lucky I can make that music, and I have yeah. the friends that I do, and we, we collaborate, but um, right. I'm never going to probably be in the studio with NBA Youngboy, like, honestly. Like, <laughs> I'll just send beats. Like, I'm I'm cool, like, right. like with doing that way, personally, but... <laughs> But uh, other than that, no, that was literally what happened, how I got into it. And then Crazy. ever since then, you know, I, you know, sessions and you know, the the usual of connecting with people and then things happening over time. And yeah, yeah that's kind of how it all felt, felt together. That's you know? dope. That That's really cool. And so um, uh, as far as the Novador project that you're doing now, um, what did you come i know you came out with a, a single and some videos mm -hmm. and the single is candela right well there's like secondhand love candela and then favorite uh four four part ep okay but so the, so you did a whole concept mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for narrative. it and i know the videos like you're very uh calculating or like very very well thought out with your stuff i think you know thank you um and so can you explain kind of how you are releasing this? I know you had a, a method to your madness of it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was starting the releases out in July and okay. I ended up uh, going from like just doing a single every five to six weeks with the videos dropping uh, yeah. like and the everything has like a narrative to it. Uh, right. I kind of like to do more elaborate things because I think I'm an elaborate individual and <laughs> I just like can't do anything without doing the most extra shit. So right, right. Um, I was like, uh, it, to be honest though, this is how it kind of came together when the pandemic happened and I signed with Ultra. Uh, I, I had the, oh, a totally different plan. Like I okay. was going to invest a lot of money into live events and shows and that was like, it just obviously COVID totally ruined my, yeah. my thing. And so then I just took some time to reflect. And then I realized like, yo, I think I should just like really hone in. I've always wanted to do the visual thing, but really hone in on the visual aspect more and like invest my own time into it. Yeah. And so then the label linked me up with this awesome production company, yellow, and we collaborated and did the videos together which was awesome. Um, and it was just a really fun experience. Cause like, I didn't realize how much I liked, like, I, don't, I, yeah. I would, I, I liked like co-directing or co-writing or I didn't know how, why I liked that so much, but, right. um, um, yeah, it just turned out really awesome. Like, and, uh, doing the narrative thing was really fun. Uh, coming up with the story and learning, you know, while I do everything is kind of my motto just learning but, yeah exactly that's uh, the best way to do it. just jump in and mm -hmm. and figure it out but with a plan i mean you obviously yeah, had yeah, a plan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you ended up 
So Yellow was the production company that helped me do those videos. Mm-hmm. We saw many parts of your body in yes. all the videos. Yeah, you uh, can watch those. <laughs> you can see my body. I I felt like sex cells, you know, and oh obviously the sex cells over here, right? Yeah, Am I right? Yeah. But um, um uh, but the videos. <laughs> all connect or something right isn't there yeah. some sort of concept with that yeah the 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 music videos um they all have like a narrative of the my fortune cookies essentially are making people go wrong but then it ends up turning out to be a dream uh and after okay. the the dream happens uh I realized that my gardener has been my sidekick the whole time in my, my dream and like it's this whole thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, shout out my guy, KP. He's awesome. Uh, he's my, everyone kept asking, was that, is that size uncle? Like, cause he's like <laughs> a, 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 he's a middle-aged Asian man. And, and, <laughs> and uncle. everyone kept saying that. <laughs> and, and we always laughed about like getting, like getting that joke or, right. but um, he honestly, uh, he, he was a great acting coach as well. Like he, he was just super helpful. He's an acting coach, stunt oh. coordinator. He's like a man of jack of all oh, trades. Wow. Like, what, a, what an amazing person to have in your video. Yeah. So it was like fun. Like he would show us te- show me techniques on like doing small things. I mean, I don't know how technical if I was in the video or not, but right. But it was pretty believable. I was into it. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, I really enjoy like the filmmaking process that that's something that I learned and I'm going to continue to like keep as a staple for, for Novador, I think yeah. is, is I got some really good ideas in the, in the works and right. uh, it should be really fun. That's but. so cool. And the songs are so good. Like I love how diverse they are with like the like song is, like a sample of a, an original song that I absolutely yeah. love. And then I thought you sampled it and just made it faster and more high pitched, but you actually got it all replayed. Right. Yeah. So, uh, there's a, there's a few companies that do this, but if you're not too familiar with like sample clearance stuff, yeah. um, sometimes like you have to you have to clear the master recording like the full recording and then the publishing like the songwriting and a lot of times like uh you, actually one of the other people that worked on the EP does this for a lot of other artists as well uh Nick Seely um but there are these people or companies that take original songs like doesn't matter what era yeah. and they recreate them right. and then you can pay them a fee for this. And then essentially there's a new master recording. Oh, so wow. all you have to do is clear the publishing okay. and then I'm uh, paying for that master recording. So it's like a lower fee essentially. Do you and give them a piece of the song or do you pay them a flat fee? No, it's like a buyout most of the time, just wow. depending. I mean, some people, depending on the song, the art, you know, I, I mean, business, they'll have sometimes like crazy yeah, deals and, but, um, depends who, yeah, who they're making the deal with or if they think the song's going to be huge and it's more yeah. beneficial. So then, so you say, okay, I love this Bobby Caldwell track. I want to sample it, but that's what it is. No, right? it's DeBarge. Oh, DeBarge. DeBarge. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I always get those two. No, it's all but, good. But, uh, so you say, okay, everyone want- thinks Bobby Caldwell's black. So it's fine. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's, uh, and he's not people. So please, spoiler alert. <laughs> and then, so you say, okay, I want to sample this, but obviously I'm not going to pay for the master rights. Yeah. And you find one of those companies, send it to them, see if it's a good enough deal and it's worth it. And you can put in that mm-hmm. much money. And then you can do whatever you want with the master recording, speed that up, slow it down. Mm-hmm. And and they yeah. can't, in order for you to be able to clear the publishing, it can't be too off from the original, right? Is there something? Well, actually, no. Okay. Is like I could have them replay just a vocal and okay. then and then I change the musical elements. Like in like, 
the only things I changed or I added rather were the house drums. And I mind you, I was trying to treat it like a traditional French house sample. It was like the only reason why I did this was because uh, for an undisclosed amount, Quincy Jones at Universal, there's a guy literally that works at Universal also named Quincy Jones. It's really funny. What? Yes, super funny. But, you know, reaching out to him who does the, I guess, some of the clearances or whatever, uh, he you know, just quoted me a way too expensive price. And the, the, that, that's the issue is sometimes like with a big song like that, when you're trying to clear it, like they have all these other, uh, uh, what would be the word? Like things that would be attached to it. So like, Oh, you can only use the rights and have this portion of sales for this many years because they have control of the master recording. So that's why you really go do this. So ultra doesn't have to deal with, uh, or any other label, rather, doesn't have to deal with those issues. Right. So, but yeah, super, it it, it worked out in the end because, like, they really, the Replay Heaven is who I did it with, and they okay. really are, like, probably the top people in the industry. Sounds for, so good. I could yeah. not tell until you told me. Yeah. Now when I hear it, I'm like, okay, it's a little different. Yeah, you can hear it in the vocal a but little bit. But only because I'm, like, scrutinizing it and you told me. You know, like, yeah. I never would have known. When I heard it, honestly, the like the because I I can play you the solo parts one day, um, like what they sent me their stems, yeah. I mean, like some of it wow. is pretty accurate. I was like, dang, that's like, dope. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, I love that song. Very soulful, funky, feel good house song and or dance song. I don't know what. Yeah, it's like fr- I just say French house. Like it's yeah, French it has house. that French house funky feeling. And then your song favorite is more of like an indie dance. It, it, are you singing on it? Yeah, yeah I'm you. singing so, on so it. So you yeah. did the vocals, production. The the middle bit, um, it goes like, take your pleasures, make them real. Um, that is one of the writers I worked with, Mick Coogan, um, okay. on that part, uh, just because he sounded so good. And like, I honestly, I exported the way that he did the vocals. Yeah. I do not remember how I processed them because <laughs> uh, the people I worked with on that song, Nikki Blitz and Mick Coogan, like, we were just having such a fun day. Like I, I was just doing like, I don't even know right. how that, like the baseline was just like us messing around and then chopping up another baseline. Like it was like, okay. a, it I was, love it. It's like so simple and funky. And yeah. Dope. It's super fun. Um, no, that was, that's probably like, and it's cool to hear an up-tempo track. That's not house. I feel like everybody tries to just go, okay, it's this tempo. It's house. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, it could be like a indie rock dance song. Exactly. Um, I, I mean, I just felt like this EP, is really the 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 my moment of like hey this is all my influences this is uh like part of like me as like my intro to the world yeah i would say that the 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 like songs like favorite i'm not going to be necessarily putting out consistently it's more of like yo this song like these things were super close to my heart and what started novador so i felt like it was appropriate to in, right. like like start the project that way was like yeah. with this also just that's my roots you know like you're yeah. saying like indie dance like i mean especially when i was like interning for you and you know watching you prepare for your dj sets and me d- doing my open format stuff at that time like like that stuff really shaped my musical my my just like everything like from yeah from the music I make to what I love to listen to, to the samples, you know, like right. I felt like how we would connect on old music and other totally. stuff. So I don't know. I just feel like it's super reminiscent of that. 
It era. is. Yeah. Uh, it, I love LCD sound system. So, or it was a totally. mashup. The, the idea in my head was how do I get a song like Dare by the Gorillas and LCD sound system? It's and like that's that. like that. That's it is like me. that. Yeah. yeah. And it fits in with that. And it's cool for a DJ to play. Yeah. What are the other two videos that you did? Um, so secondhand love comes after like, yeah, and it goes from like me being in, uh, in, like in my, in my layer, like cooking up my fortune cookies too, then us like kind of driving around again and secondhand love. Like people are just starting to chase me because I pour fortune cookie dust like into my gas tank and like, it's just spraying out of my car and everybody is like getting hypnotized and following me. And then they strip me naked essentially into my, uh, wonderful orange outfit. You can check what that is. <laughs> if you feel so inclined and then I jump in the pool <laughs> okay. and the spell is kind of broken. But then, um, for Candela, I wake up. Um, I don't know how I wake up, but then I wake up to, um, Carmelina asking me to wake up cause I have my dance class and right. I go and lead a dance class. And I actually learned like full on like routines and practice. And I've never been so sore <laughs> like the next day of filming Kendella, cause like I shot all the videos out of time, like out of place. So like yeah. Kendella was the first video we shot. So I, yeah, I just totally, uh, uh, never felt so sore in my life. Like shout out Penny wild, best choreographer and, and, um, hired all the dancers and sourced everything for Amazing. that. And she was awesome. And you know, I, I just, uh, yeah, I had such a blast filming that. That was like, that day was so fucking fun. It was just <laughs> so fun. And like, I don't know. Just like the fact that I've never that like since that was the first day, right? Like yeah. I've never had uh, as an artist. Like I've shot music videos before, but right. I've never been like the only artist. And that was super cool to see that. Like I had these visions, and I did them with other people. It's not just me, but having a vision and just it coming to life. And like that day, I had all these dancers. They all had been rehearsing. Like we were all dressed up. It was just it was just super cool. Like yeah. I, I felt like, wow, like this is awesome. Like, I can't believe I convinced all these people to be here with me. Like I'm right. a fucking idiot. And but like, all, <laughs> like, like, but, but all stemming from your music. And yeah. that sounds dope too. Cause it has a, like a Latin mm -hmm. sample or influence. Actually, or what is that? Nick Seeley, who makes samples, like okay. one of those guys that makes samples for other people. He's worked with Kanye, tons of other awesome artists recreating ideas. Um, but he sent, he all, him and I collaborate a lot and he sends me like, like he'll make like a full on song in a different genre from a right. different era okay. and write it. And like, it'll be an original tune, but it'll sound like it could be a sample or something. Okay. So I went through our folders. I was just making music one day and then I heard Candela, like it was actually at 160 BPM, oh, totally wow. really fast. And it was a, it's actually a guy singing it, but I pitched it up and now it sounds like a girl. Well, you pitched it up and slowed it down. Yeah. And oh. it sound, and I chopped it up. So like the phrasing was a little different, but, um, uh, and then I changed the horn lines up. So they were like, I just rearranged it and then yeah. added my things, baseline, you know, oh, all that. Crazy. And, and that's how it came together. And everybody thinks it's like a sample. Yeah, which I, is, thought it was it, a sample. I mean, it, I guess it is, but well, I thought it was a sample from an older track that you would have had to clear. Not no, that your friend made or no something. no and and then um it was awesome collaborate i love collaborating with nick like like uh it, it he's just like one of the best musicians i've ever worked with and wow. it's just super easy to work with and always down you know and he's super generous with his samples which like right. i feel like sometimes sample makers or even myself sometimes i'm like 
oh shit, like I, I do I really want to let this person use right. this? You know? And yeah. I mean, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't care. He's, I mean, I'm sure he cares, which is great. But but you <laughs> I know, know what you mean though. Yeah, he's uh, not uptight about it no. or feel like he has to hang on to it. No, it was and it was awesome. And honestly, like again, we before this podcast started, we were talking about like, you know, my my background with the guy who's doing the video here. Yeah. And you know, like it again, I, I felt like this this EP was just hitting to my roots and right. I grew up around a lot a lot of the Latin community and it's just like was right, awesome. you, you've got a crazy mix going mm-hmm. on in of your upbringing, right? Yeah, of like your heritage and everything. So yeah, what I mean, so yeah, what what's your? I guess talk about that. Like yeah, um, both the my early days. Well, well, just like being being a kid of divorced parents and growing up in Los Angeles. Um, you, you know, I, 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 how do I explain it? Like. Your your family will always move in different and unique ways, and <laughs> my dad ended up, you know, uh, marrying my stepmom, who is half Mexican and slash Native and Creole, and okay. you know, growing up in the San Gabriel Valley as well as the San Fernando Valley and in the city, like totally different worlds. I mean, I was the I was the token Jew, like, and that was crazy because. I grew up in the valley in the city where it's like you're not you've never been to a bar mitzvah like you're Jewish or like you don't have Jewish friends like like right. that's how it felt so it was funny because I you know so I got immersed in a lot of different cultures and people being around my stepmom and her family and friends and right. her church and going to then I would also and probably hearing a lot of different kinds of music then yeah I would go to gospel hall on Sundays and be at okay. temple on Saturdays and wow. like because I my parents would want to see me you know and and all those things. So like, that was really interesting for me and seeing how the, the, at a, and I was at a gospel hall that didn't have like a, a band or anything. It was like all singing in wow. hymns. So like, I really got that like energy from, you know, I would just say from, from that community. And then obviously my, my Jewish background and yeah. everything, but, but, but it's just, it's just really interesting. I feel like I was really lucky to grow up in such diverse communities, but also, everything was very faith and religion based growing up. So I think like that tells I think like where my values stand, and I was really lucky to grow up with like good, good parents and yeah. good people and, yeah. and stuff like that. But but yeah, everyone's pretty musical. Like around yeah, ha- me. where where do some of your biggest musical influences come from as far as your family side? Um, so originally, like. My, I mean, my parents were always into music. My dad worked in the film business, but always had like music friends and stuff. Yeah. So my parents were, my mom and my dad were always playing music around me and I was always gravitating towards it, but wasn't really until my mom met my stepdad. And then my stepdad has been a musician, like since he's been, you know, a young teen, maybe even before that. And he's a dentist now, but um, won the original Battle of the Bands, and we have a huge trophy. He per- did that at the Hollywood Bowl when he was a teenager, like the year before the Carpenters or something like that. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And amazing. then, and then, um, watching him, you know, be a wedding singer, de- um, band, like doing that. And then my older brother Miles, uh, was an open format DJ doing bar mitzvahs and weddings and parties, and I kind of just followed suit doing that, like always DJing, all like just being with him, watching him DJ, and then right. you know that's what. 
And I, he's I, an amazing DJ, music person. Mm-hmm. He actually was the first guest on this podcast. Hey, what's up? Uh, Shout out Miles Beard. You guys go to number one. You will hear <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you will hear how bad of an interviewer I was at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, it was like Miles. Uh Miles really like influenced me to kind of like just throw myself into that because yeah. I would always roadie for my stepdad. I would roadie for Miles. I mean, I one day you'll see me post really embarrassing photos of when I used to be a dancer for miles. Like I used to like go, go yes. dance. Like it's really bad. I'll show you after this. I have the photos <laughs> saved, but show I'll, me and penny wild. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but, but yeah, I like, I, I, uh, I just always was enthralled with like starting the party. So I was yeah. an MC DJ. I would do two year old birthdays. 80th birthdays, bar mitzvahs, weddings. So you've been in the open format DJ game. And I mean, I know when we met, I was like, this kid knows about vinyl and, and DJing and open format DJing. Like, how does he know? You know, I remember that. So YouTube. So yeah, where did that come from? Watching you and your friends on YouTube when I was like between the ages of 13 to 17, non-creepily, I swear that's what I did every night before I went to bed. I would watch A-Track and watch his hands while he's scratching, watch AM. I've seen every video online of AM easily. Like I've seen it. And then, you know, getting to intern for you and Miles introducing me to you and like then being around Steve and Ryan and, and, and like just being uh even as is and like local people yeah. like that where it's like I, I just realized like oh wow like this is so awesome i just the one thing i felt like that made me feel different was like i was always i felt like more attracted to the music making aspect of it and i love djing yeah. and scratching and turntablism right um i just I don't know. I, I just, honestly, I just remember me and you talking about what is happening now at when I was 16 and 15 yeah. years old, like how this stuff is, was going. And I was like, shoot, like maybe I need to think about that more because like I should get, I was already starting to mess around with production and stuff, but not take it as seriously as I do now yeah. where like now I'm a producer and songwriter and I, I know, isn't that crazy? We were, I probably should have taken my own advice. Of this <laughs> then, but We were, yeah, it was, it was, it was changing back then into the yeah. producer getting booked, you know, you had to have music to put out remixes, all that, you know, and now it's way, way different. I remember you telling me, uh, about like how you were friends with Dylan Francis at that time. And that like made me just like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Like I was like in high school, like, yeah. you know, going to Coachella and like just seeing this stuff. And the, the, the parts though that made me think like, Oh wow, I still want to DJ and I always want to do this was, uh, you know, my first Coachella, I got to see uh crazy and clever do their set together. And, oh, okay. You know, now actually it's awesome. Like Clever's a friend of mine and like we've, we became friends like via just bumping in each other at coffee shops in oh, LA. Wow. I haven't seen him for a minute. He, we lived in the same area. I've been friends with Clever for a long time, yeah. but then we kind of lost track and I saw him at a restaurant or something yeah. like a year ago, but yeah. Um, is he still in LA? I don't know. He's like between Atlanta and LA, okay. I think. And, um, it, which is awesome because now I'm super in the Atlanta house scene and right. like friends with that. But just to like kind of wrap up the the last thought, I yeah. uh, I uh, I I don't know. I I just like saw that I could do more with what I was doing at that time because like I wasn't as far as ahead as as you were or my brother even in the open format world. And to be honest, like I remember you guys would all throw me the 
two, three, four hundred dollar gigs at Pearls and at right. like uh, like these opening slots at or, or like have my residency at Shore Bar, and that yeah. was fun, and that was awesome. Also, sorry, Adam Crawl, I you thought I was twenty one the whole time, and I know you did. Now you don't know that, but <laughs> but <laughs> you're the man. Thank you, but but like. Uh, I, I love doing that, but I got, honestly, I got jaded really quickly and I was like, you know what? I, I really want to like produce and song. Right. And right. that stuff just fell into, you know, the, my lap, like the producing stuff, like it kind of just happened rather yeah. than, but right. But yeah. Well, you're good at it and you put in a lot of work too, but, yeah. but that's cool to know. I mean, for people to know too, that, you know, you have such a strong um, understanding of the open format world and you're good at scratching. Like we've had yeah. scratch sessions, like you know how to DJ on vinyl. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not like you're in your twenties and you're like, I only know the USB, but you do know that like I did, I DJed, you were throwing a monthly house party, uh, or house music, mm -hmm. uh, party called fortune cookie, right? Yeah. In yeah. LA. I did that this summer. Yeah. In yeah. the summer. And I got to come play one of them and it was funny rolling up with my, um, laptop because you guys are all on usb and got your in your headphones and i'm like back in my day we had a laptop i need room for this you know and those guys that so want to go on after me like we can't b2b with you bro like yeah. you got a laptop like you got a laptop come on with that old school shit you know? oh my god i'm like okay sorry but but it's you know you're you're very comfortable in that world and the house world and B2B with the, you know, USB. And you even helped me out, giving me a bunch of record box, you know, analyzed yeah. files and, and things when I was doing a gig, after, you know, coming back in after the pandemic, you know, was slowing yeah. down. Um, so, you know, but also you could go rock a place with vinyl or a pure open format thing. Or like yeah. you said, you're doing parties for five-year-olds or 85-year-olds. And yeah. you've been through it all. So you yeah. have to give a good understanding and that's an important lesson to people listening is that like maybe one thing looks attractive or or this person's young or they must have gone right into it, but you still got to go through and try all the things yeah. to figure out what you don't like and what you do like. And it's worth doing things that might not seem that attractive at first to realize, oh, wait, I found something I like in this or... I don't like this. Now I can rule it out and throw it in the yeah. garbage and just work on music production or you, whatever. You know, it's funny, like it, literally to that point. So as I was starting my bees knees stuff and yeah. it was just buzzing on SoundCloud and hype machine and all that. Right. Bees I, knees buzzing, you know, buzzing. <laughs> wow. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I ended up, uh, getting opportunity to, uh, tour DJ for Lil Dicky. I and, know. I want to ask you about that. So funny. Yeah. I mean, his TV show is incredible, and yeah, I've always liked incredible. Him, but I remember when you were tour DJing for him, I never would have even thought never did. that. Oh, I like, did, I did. That but. kind of show was gonna happen for him. You know what I mean? Like I, even no, when the show I, came out, I'm like, "What is this gonna be?" I, and then I watched it. I'm like, "Oh wait, this is the best thing ever." You know, it's funny. It was like that. That was the first thought I had when I when I went into that opportunity. But you know, to the point of seeing something that looks really awesome yeah. and then experiencing it and then realizing like, Hey, this isn't really like me personally. Yeah. Um, well that's like one of the big life lessons that I had, which was, uh, I totally loved working with this team. Gata's such a sweetheart. Dickie's such a sweetheart. Uh, or he likes to be called Dave if he's not like being, uh, art, like, like being Lil Dickie. Right. Um, and then Mike his manager, you know, like all super nice guys yeah. and very hard workers. Um, I felt that way for the first day I met them, but then after that, 
uh, and touring with him and spending like hours and hours of time, he like literally told me like, I'm, and this was seven years ago now, you know, like he goes, I'm going to have my own TV show. I want to be the first rapper to get an EGOT. Uh, I'm do want to do X, Y. And I've seen this guy from, this was his first tour. I was his, one wow. of his first tours. He's maybe, <laughs> maybe fresh DJ fresh direct was his DJ for like two shows or something like that. But then I, I was like the first DJ essentially. Right. Um, or maybe fresh direct and, but then me and then I, I, I forget the guy he has now his name, but L's uh, L's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I met him in Chicago one night. I'm, I'm sure he's yeah. coolest guy ever. They he only work with great. nice people. Yeah. So, um, he was really cool. And I, but I, I realized like, uh, I don't like this. Like right. I realized like, I don't want to work on, t- like I didn't have equity in Lil Dicky. That was yeah. my thing was like, Gata has equity in that. Like he is part of the, the shtick, you know? Okay. And, I just felt like as much as they, you know, they were super nice and awesome to work with. I just like knew my heart wasn't in it. They could feel that as well. Like I did a fierce free shows. I mean, imagine this, I'm 20 years old. I've been DJing like LA clubs, which is great. And I'm underage. I was doing all this stuff. It was fun. And then I get to start going on tour, not only for myself, but then I'm playing shows with Schoolboy Q and Absol and, you know, uh, all these cool rappers with Lil Dicky. I'm traveling the country with them. Like, and I'm just like, I don't want to support DJ. Like I don't want right. to, I don't, I, th- because it wasn't just about the support DJ role. It was like also kind of a combo of that and the, uh, open format life where it was like, I don't want to be, I don't like service DJing. That was something that I really realized is like, Adam doesn't like that. Like I really enjoy playing house music and I enjoy like doing that and if the money's good of yeah i'll dj anything because i can i have the skill to but but i just know that like it's not worth my my time like i i I just i don't have fun doing that like i have fun scratching with my friends i have fun playing hip-hop i mean like gangstar is the reason why i make music shout out dj premiere but like but like I, i don't uh i don't i realize like that's just not me that wasn't me like right and i can't you gotta listen to that yeah, and, and that was a really hard pill to swallow because at that time, like, I'm, like, giving up my DJ gigs. I then am not getting hit up now to DJ at all the hot spots in L.A. and, you know, right. undercut all my friends and take their jobs because that's what happens in the right. open format world, right. unfortunately. I just didn't want to deal with that. I just I didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to be like, I make sick beats. I make sick tracks. Everyone listens to them. I get streams on them. Like, that's what made me feel better rather than, like, Oh, I just rocked this party and like they this bottle girl poured uh, alcohol in my my mouth. I'm 21 and like I'm so <laughs> cool like socializing like right. I, no shade. I just I was like that doesn't make Adam feel good. Yeah, so I get it. Uh, like like I know it's fun because I've done it and yeah. But I'd rather like maybe I'm more of an egomaniac honestly because I'm like <laughs> I just want to DJ my own music. <laughs> so maybe that says more yeah, about me. You're a narcissist. <laughs> I'm a narcissist, thank you. Guess. You got little dicky rubbed <laughs> off on you. Uh, that's crazy he had that vision back then for yeah. everything and he's really manifested it into all this. Yeah, he's a big influence for me honestly as in, for Novador. He's got um, a lot of confidence that guy. I mean, to be honest, as somebody that I think, I think I radiate a lot of confidence. I am not a confident guy. Like I am confident, but I'm not. And yeah. like, that's how I feel. Like he, he taught me that like without him saying it was like, you just have to like believe in your ideas and do them. And when everyone was making fun of him, like he still believed in his ideas and like, 
this was before the TV show. He was getting number ones on radio with joke songs, but they're good songs. Like, that, right. I woke up in Chris Brown's body. That's yeah. a hilarious song. It's like, crazy. but that was a, that that's, was like a, a huge song. radio record. And yeah, and so it shows you that if you believe in what you do, like, and you do it long enough, I mean, we can go yeah. on the list of people you've seen that you know for it's true. So yeah, and sometimes you get freaking lucky and. You right. have you try once and it works, so you never know. Yeah, kind of just give up at that point. Just try. No, I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> and that's the end. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's that's crazy, man. That that's a crazy story. Did you tour DJ for anybody else? Uh, like one-off stuff, like randomly, if yeah. like, I, but 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 not but, like that with him. No, no, just pretty much like I. That was like that was when I knew like oh I'm definitely not um doing this because like I would watch um. I've, I've, you know, again, open format fan here and big DJ fan. I would watch DJ Bonix and like other people who I really admire as selectors. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, yeah. like I'm like, again, like I have, it's just Adam can't, I just, it's not stimulating enough for Adam. Right. I think like I need to, like I said, I think it's important to listen what you want to do because yeah. Same, like sometimes I get offered things even to this day and I'm like, oh, I could do that. Should I do, do I want to do that? Like, I, it's like, I know I can do that. And there's a lot of things about it that sound cool, but then I'm like, I need to take a step back and go, okay, do you want to do this? Once you're actually doing it, are you going to be happy yeah. spending your time on this? Yeah. And like Tay James, like all these guys are so influential and like Bonix with Wiz and like yeah. all this stuff. I just like, I uh I just realized like yo this isn't for me I'm not in this game like right I this like I also don't have an art I didn't have an artist like that I grew with like yeah. Dicky was already doing his thing before like he was already like I wasn't his boy right or like fitting the mold for his thing so yeah and how like Bonix has been with Wiz like mm -hmm. pretty much all time and yeah uh, same with uh what uh, was who I just mentioned uh, uh, forget uh. Uh, Tay James, Tay James, uh, yeah, Justin yeah, Bieber, yeah, with Bieber, yeah. and it's like, and and it's like you even see it with like what A Track did with uh, Kanye. It was yeah. like only a period of time because, like, again, that's how I kind of view my experience with Dicky. Was like, I got to like really support. I think one of the be biggest and best creatives in the world right now, which is I think is Lil Dicky in my Incredible, opinion. Yeah, but um, uh, same with Kanye and A Track. Like, I I totally see like the value there where it was like. I, I don't know if a track was ever really a DJ for another rapper before that. Uh, right. And like that guy should have been like every dope rappers DJ ever. Like, you yeah. know, and I mean, but clearly he, he has his choice of what he wants to do, you know? So that, that was like a perfect yeah. combo at the time. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I just, I view that stuff really importantly. So I'm like tr doing what you want, like, and I've always seen that with you. Like, like, like again, when I was uh, like 16, I just like, um, I felt like, and you know, not to gas you up, I just feel like I was working with one of the best open format DJs in the world. And I'm oh, like, get thanks. to watch, <laughs> I get to watch that guy. Like I got to help select your music. I got yeah. to do, you know, organization in that and like really learn. And I like through that, I'm like, this is cool, but I don't know if this is at like, again, like this was Adam, like, and that, right. You got to learn, you know? Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. That was like same. I've done jobs before was doing different things or different gigs or different opportunities. And I'm like, this is cool. But yeah, later I'm like, it's not pulling me back into it. For some yeah. Reason. Yeah. And, um, but I have my skills. I got my chops and like, yeah, 
it gets me in the door, you know, with like other DJs, like I'm able to talk shop. Uh, yeah. I mean, shout out miles, honestly, because he lied to me when I first got Serato, <laughs> I didn't, I, he like forced me to learn how to beat match on CDs and vinyl. But oh, nice. what he didn't tell me was that I, I did get the right version of Serato, but at the time he told me I got the wrong version. I don't understand what that would have meant. That's and so I returned it. Yeah, and I practiced for like six months just mixing records, like like no when I was way. like fourteen. Yeah, and I had like my first Stanton turntable set up, and you know the Rain TTM fifty seven. Yeah, you know, like without the even Serato in it. You know, right? And uh, yeah, it was just super funny. But he made me do that, and like I'm super grateful. Like just practice with the control vinyl, the 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 tone, and just practicing my cuts. Right, and I would just do that after school every day. Like, that's so funny. Yeah, that's and amazing. Like, yeah, so yeah, because when I met you, you already knew how to use vinyl and do everything, and you were really young. So yeah, shout out Miles. It's good shout out to Miles. <laughs> Always shout out to Miles. Um, that's that's super interesting. And um, the um, uh, we talked a little bit before about making samples. You said mm-hmm. your friend Nick, you know, makes samples, and that I know that's something that you do too. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something that's grown over the past, I don't know how long, 10 years or less into a a thing that producers do. Some producers, that's their main thing, even more than making beats is just making the samples and then other people take them and turn them into things. Um, that's something you're involved in too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I kind of like am lucky that I'm either in with certain crews or people right? and I have, I would say from my electronic music background, I have the ability to have like better sound design capabilities yeah. when I'm sending samples. So right. I tend to do that sometimes when I'm not working with like in the studio with an artist, I'll just send other producers, my samples and I'm more strategic about it. And they send me like I trade I, in my Dropbox. I just have a folder that says other people samples. Oh really? And it has like hundreds. I'm talking hundreds of loops, like wow. from tons of different producers and one day I pull one out and I write to it and then I use it and then maybe that becomes a cut and like you kind of I use them as like little like that was the chair by the way that was not me farting okay <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but but uh but no I just um I just uh it's like a good currency right like hey oh you need like you're working with this artist I already have some ideas that might start and like this person might be good with drums so then I just send them musical parts or Hey, I have some sick drums and the music I didn't, I did was like, I just think of like samples right. as parts and you share it and you kind of like, everybody gets a piece of the pie. Right. I think that works the and best. And how do you work that out? Let's say somebody samples it. Like, how does that even It depends. Work out? Certain, I would say in rap music, a lot of people tend to have the writers or the rappers really want to take 50% publishing and then the producers split the other 50% of the publishing. Okay. Um, but it depends case by case. And usually I'm asking for like a fee and a producer credit, but I'm an even Stevens guy. Not everybody is, but I'm just like, if we all worked on it besides like if somebody contributed one small thing, if we all pretty much contributed, like I always think of it as like a school project, right? Like, everybody you you've had a school project where somebody just kind of did all the work right but everyone did contribute to it does ever does everyone have to split an a or or does everybody get an a right everybody gets an a and if you like get nitpicky about that i feel like that sometimes ruins relationships yeah and like gives value in terms of like 
like your social currency with that person. So an example, right. I have a song right now. I sent it to another producer, a, a beat I did with another producer, and I sent it to another producer who works with a specific artist, and he got that artist to record and write to it, and the song's going to be on their album. Oh, wow. And and my friend didn't do a crazy amount, but he made the placement happen. He put it in front of the artist. He got it in the session or helped arrange the rest of the track so it fit for the song. To me, that's like producing. Like yeah. That's to me is producing. Like I... I don't think just because somebody touches all the buttons means yeah. that they get more credit. Of like course. you're the Pro sucker for touching all the, the buttons. whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. You're the, I, like, I'm like, you're the sucker that spent more time on it. Like, I think the value is like, how do you work with doing the least amount possible? And I don't mean that in like yeah. a shady way. No, just I Just like know. being efficient, you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to ruin that relationship with that other producer and be like, well, you didn't do anything and you got me this placement. And I'm going to make money from it and you're not. So now you, you don't get anything. Right. Like, no, let's just move on, split it. There'll be music gets made every day. Like who every cares? Day, yeah. Who cares? Like like move on. Like stop being so precious. Like, <laughs> yeah. like like that's why I like samples because I just make it goes in a folder. If I use it, great. Somebody else will use it. Um, what yeah. are some of the techniques you use to make the samples? Um, so what you can do YouTube and you go and look up like your favorite songs, or, yeah. and you go and look up those producers, right? And then you go and research like. For example, um, I did. You know the band Change. You know, like um, they did the song. Uh, um, oh my God, they're super famous, like ba like post disco oh. funk yeah, band yeah. from like okay, yeah. late seventies, eighties. Yeah, I know who they are, and they have the coolest covers, whatever. But um, I was watching some video, I think Pensado's place about the. I forget the producer's name right now. Who did a lot of Change's music and engineer, but. I'll look up their techniques on how they recorded like their pianos. And I just did this with um, my buddy Leno. We were working on a track for Billy Porter and we were like, we really want to like get that change slash like ABBA piano, like that really bright thing. So then we watch a tutorial on how they actually did it in the eighties and seventies. And it was like, right. you need to slam two pull tech EQs and oh, do wow. it this way. And the plugin, like I use universal audio and their yeah. stuff's pretty true to the re real stuff if I don't have gear. So you can emula emulate the pool tech. Yeah, and I can do that trick because like with the pool tech, there's this thing where like it, it uh, I'd say without getting like crazy technical, if you like drive the, I think like the boosts and mm -hmm. it does something where the, the unit will like get really heated. I don't even remember how it happened, but it just takes the high end and fucking just makes it really bright. Right. And, and, and clicky and punchy. And that's how they got their piano sound. And oh. then, and so like, I'll do that and I'll just like, look up like, how did, like, what was the vocal chain on? I don't know. Like, don't stop believing. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I'm sure uh, you can find that online and right. then you just emulate that. And then you can probably figure it out. I mean, it's not like, it's honestly like not that hard, not to say like, not to shit on myself saying producing is hard, but it's no, not no, that that's hard. interesting. Like, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah, a cool way just to follow the same practices that they did. Obviously, maybe you don't have a board and the gear wasn't on all day, and you know, there's all these smaller factors like with the 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 I would say just like I don't know the 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 boards being warm after being all day on, yeah, and all that stuff, all the tubes and so sorry, but um, 
but yeah, you can pretty much emulate that stuff. And right. or I get people to play. Like I'll get a a whole band worth of people mm-hmm. and track all their stuff and play it live. Like I just resampled. Uh, I just remade like between the sheets. Uh, oh wow. um, For yeah. like a house record, uh, like that. I just I might just sit on my hard drive forever. But <laughs> I just got the MIDI of how they played the chords, and then I just kind of like like did the like drums in addictive drummer like yeah oh same tempo and i just everything. did the same thing and mind you it's not like the same but when i pitch it like distort it eq it kind of fuck with it yeah it ends up like like it sounds like i just sampled the song you know and i just right. look up like the instruments that were used in the song like you can you can find a lot of info online when you dig on it um, that's cool i didn't think about that you really you can look up Everything from the EQs to the vocal chains to the yeah um, instruments or you know mm-hmm. different equipment used yeah you just like fall like find the equipment they use and most of the time there's some nerdy person online just that like listed it all out did yeah something or they like did all the they're like oh actually they used this version of this and you could emulate that also with this and it's like cool thanks <laughs> like right <laughs> like. It's pretty it's pretty awesome, but that's how I go about it. Um and then yeah, I just ask people to play stuff like, right. like live and then yeah. I I mean and then manipulate it mm-hmm. and turn yeah. it into stuff. Yeah, and I have the parts. It's pretty pretty easy. That's cool. Yeah. And what about getting your music out? Um I mean, I know you ha- you work with Ultra Records. Mm-hmm. Um I'm sure that's a big help. Um you yeah. know, like they linked you with the Yellow Production Company and different things and I think I heard you on another podcast talking about these third-party playlisting things or ways to get your music out there. And actually, I didn't know that much about that stuff. Yeah. um, So there are like a few kinds of things you can do as an independent artist. Um, And I, even though I'm not indie, I'm technically signed to an indie dance label (laughs) because now they're not with uh, Sony anymore and they're independent. Oh, okay. But but, um, essentially, like... is there are tons of user generated playlists that yeah. aren't Spotify like like promoted or the Spotify editorial editorial one or something yeah and there are great tools like my friend runs this company called Playlist Supply and okay. essentially it's a, a playlist aggregator where it gets you all their information for who owns which playlist in their emails and it scrapes like all his data and like oh wow yeah check it out everyone because there's other companies like. I forget what they're called, but that make playlists that have pretty large mm-hmm. followings, right? Well, th- okay, so there's like a couple tricky things. There are servicing companies, like you can pay a few thousand dollars and they can, I don't want to say guarantee streams, but they can say like, hey, if we're you're on our playlist, we right. can guarantee because we have the metrics to explain like, we have this many listeners, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. They, can, they can guesstimate how many streams they can guarantee you. Okay. But- you got to be careful because a lot of these companies like are are kind of like click farm like or generated like they're they have servers that are just creating so fake just accounts fake things fake streams i mean bad and they i mean catch you i know people that do this like they they do this for like mate like i'm talking like the biggest artist in the world like a lot most streams like mo- mostly every big artist we're seeing online is almost inflated like almost everything is somewhat inflated oh, wow. whether the label's paying real, for it but then they they mix it in with the pumping yeah, because the problem is, is that you're fighting this algorithm where, which I think is not really fair right. to like somebody like 
if you're a starting artist because like if you're not getting yeah. an initial jump off social media or whatever right. it ends up turning into you just like fighting for attention and uh you want to get streams up there to trigger the 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 daily mixes and the release radars and you know yeah. discover weeklies and all these algorithmic playlists mm -hmm. that eventually get you onto editorials if like you didn't get immediate editorial support for spotify okay and all, as well as apple but um and amazon all these things but point is is that Spotify, you can see the numbers on there, so most people focus their direction towards Spotify promotion. Right. And I don't every know why Apple and the other ones wouldn't just put the numbers. I think it's smart. Or do the unwrapped thing or do all the things that seem to be working for Spotify. Well, I'll tell you why. I as much as like I want to get my support from Apple, I think it's a complete waste of everyone's time posting their rap because all you're doing is uh, promoting a company that is like, I know this podcast is going on Spotify and everything, but you're stealing our, our money and, and we're promoting a company while they're in court right now saying that they want to lower the rates already that are so low to pay people like me who, this is how I eat, live and breathe is off of producing and writing music. Right. Like we're then promoting the, the, like their pages and like we're promoting their service when like they're doing such a disservice and like, you know, the, the owner of Spotify, like he's a billionaire, never made a single, he's I, like, there's this meme that goes around. I don't know if it's true, but it's to be said. They're like the, the owner of Spotify is worth three times more than Paul McCartney. Okay. Like, like that's not okay. Like to me, I don't care. Like he might've created a great service, but like, right. Like, but he's using that money now, which is confirmed. He's investing into defense companies. Like why is my music money being invested into defense companies? Like, and I get anyone can do right. whatever with their money. I'm like so cool about freedom, but I'm just saying like, yeah, like that doesn't make sense. Like, and then right. all the labels have stake in all these streaming companies as well. Yeah. And I don't most I don't know if people understand, but like you don't get paid per stream on Spotify. You get paid like right. pro rata, which is like base the uh, like the most basic term. And like I don't want anyone to quote me, but you can look this up online. Yeah, the way they pay is off of market share and how much streams like collectively each company gets to decide how much they divvy up to each artist. So like if you stream Novador, that money isn't going to Novador. That money's going to like the pool of money that gets distributed at the end of every month to every label from Spotify and all that. Right. And then they divvy up the money towards their artists and everything. And like, you know, it's and so confusing. It's super and then, confusing. But somehow like the Drake's and the Adele's and the really big Taylor Swift, big artists will get these big chunks well, they get it because they're the the leaders, so they have more right. market share. Right. So therefore, like, if you're if you're on Universal and that which Drake is, yeah, like, and you're a smaller artist, but Drake had more market share that month of streams, your money is gonna go, like, you're getting Drake money, like, from that. If that makes sense, like, Drake is paying for everybody, like, because he had the more streams for that group it's if that confusing. makes it's super confusing i would tell everyone just look up like how it's paid out but title just changed their policy yeah, and now they're that. having direct to artist payout so like if you stream novador then novador gets paid like like right. that not not um it doesn't go into like the system and do, does this whole pro rata thing and um, right i saw they just changed that i also, know beat source has a good because you know if you play beat source it pays the artist, you know, if yeah. DJs spin it. So, which is a cool yeah. thing for DJs to know, but, but it's, um, yeah, I know they have a good deal too. And everybody has a different 
thing. Yeah. And also like this kind of, we're kind of going off topic here with like, you're asking about the streaming thing. Right. But just I like, mean, I was more wondering why Apple just wouldn't put the number. I think how Spotify does. I think it's because their viewership is lower. It's way lower. It's just way probably. it is. And they want to just seem like we're a big company. We're having it out there. Well, yeah, they are not. They're not needing. They're not in this game making money off of music. They're a pure culture. Right. So like they're almost just having that just to as another thing for have eyeballs and ears on them. Yeah, and to be honest, like I really respect Apple because mind you, streaming rates. All these companies are coming for my neck, like technically, yeah. and trying to cut my rates even more, which right. is whatever. But I can say like shout out Robbie Angle at the, who runs the dance music stuff for uh, Apple because he's been a huge supporter of mine. Yeah. But not only that, he's like super in the culture, and right. that's something I notice with Apple a lot more. Me too. They hire people wise. that really care and are in the culture. Everybody I know there, yeah, did really dope music stuff before they were at Apple. Yeah, you yeah. Know, a lot of the people I'm friends with there. So and. You know, well, and well, I Spotify, I'm sure too, but but I noticed that with the culture thing yeah. with Apple. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the culture, that's yeah. what their their main thing is. And I mean, they make so much money that right. they don't care, you know, if they're losing or winning. I mean, but look what they're doing for DJs right now with Apple Music versus Spotify. Like they're doing exclusive mixes. Like I don't know if you've seen this at all, but in the dance music side, mm -hmm. DJs are able to upload mixes now. Oh, and wow. you're able they have like their track lists and it's like all that data gets, you know, so they're paying the artists and yeah. or at least the streaming money is, you know, going somewhere. But, but like, right. it's, it's actually tracked now. And, and, you no, know, it's great. I mean, once we, you know, are DJing in the metaverse, in uh, the metaverse, the metaverse, bro. <laughs> no, but once like, it's only a matter of time. Like as much as we're getting shut down off Instagram lives and Twitch might be taken down, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, we're going to have to be able to DJ in the internet legally, you know, for each other because that's where we're all going to be, you know. So to see things like that, Apple working out that kind of deal, YouTube mm -hmm. having those kind of deals, BeatSource making these deals. Yeah. Um, no, seriously, you shout know, out MixCloud making these deals where it's legal. You know, you can see it slowly but surely the grinding, you know, it's turning into that. I mean, BeatSource just like, you know, not to like plug it here, but just as like a consumer, you know, yeah. DJ on this end, like the amount of times it's saved me, like when I've had to like go DJ at a pool party or something. And like, right. I don't have that music on my, on my jump drive and being able to use that cloud and the internet part of it. But then knowing that also that data is tracked right. is so cool to me. Like, like I've yeah, always, so, I've yeah. always loved that. Like, like I wish, uh, and Recordbox does do that stuff, but, but like you have to report it and like it's like a whole system right but like yeah i saw record box has a new cloud playing thing or something yeah it looks pretty dope i yeah. don't really understand it totally i don't either i <laughs> i honestly like i'm the worst with my record box i literally am like yeah, i just too. chuck my song in there i mean i think though this is like i'm kind of i feel like i'm gonna flex here for a sec but just like as like a, a turntable open format dj like I don't need cue points. Like I don't, as it's very useful and very awesome. I like, like having the cue points. I, I like it, but, but I, yeah. but I'm just saying for house music, at least like right. I, I can just, I don't even need to use record box. I just put my song on my drive and I yeah. can just like beat match it and like totally do it. And like, I, like that's why I love being able to like use the 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 USB, USB like I can just right. throw a song on it really quick. I don't need to set like, but but that's the cool part with um, the beat source thing. Really was like yeah, wow, like I can actually have this data tracked. People are actually getting recognized for it. They're you know like the number is going to be there. But right, right. But to to kind of like go back to your Spotify question, <laughs> just more of like the streaming thing. Yeah, there are companies that really do 
trick people into thinking like, hey, we'll get you real good engagement and views. And they're not. Some are good. Some are bad. You really got to right. do your homework. But there are reputable ones that can yeah. get you genuine yes. placement. You do have to pay for some of wanna it. Be. You yeah. do have to pay. I mean, like, that's like, without a question, like, I can't say that's not, like, you're just right, going to get in the playlist. People pay PR. People, people yeah, pay exactly. every single industry for every entertainment thing. I... I will shout out Playlist Supply again. My One of my really good friends runs it um, right. and started it. And it's it, a lot of major labels work with this company. Um, you, have, you just pay a monthly fee and then you can type in keywords. You can type in all the, and that, that's actually been really helpful for me finding like smaller playlisting to get like, that's where you get, I think the fan core engage, engagement and right. also people just like listening to your music is like, how do you get it on all these playlists that like might have like a couple thousand followers, but it plays all the music you you would want to be associated with, right? And that you can see like those get streams still, and it's yeah. A, um, no, there's certain playlists I love having. You yeah. know, just, I'm just like I'll pop that on because whoever curates it, I know they have good taste for the most part. I mean, dude, if you get if you have a few hundred likes on a Spotify playlist, you're generating thousands of streams like off right. that playlist. Right. Just and like. That's useful. And imagine like there's 60,000 songs a, a day coming out right. uh, published. Oh my God. And that was kind of my other point is these record labels as much as like I'm signed to one. And I think it's never hating on record label stuff at all. Cause I think it's all about experience and knowing how to navigate this stuff. Just these companies aren't really caring about how much they're making off new music because 70, 60 to 80% of their income is based off of old catalog. And we know that for a fact. Yeah. So, uh, their bottom line isn't really being messed up by new artists. And so right, they're making a deal. Yeah. Putting, that's why they're signing the Beatles on um, Apple TV or Disney yeah. plus and getting a billion dollars or something. Exactly. Yeah. They don't, they don't care. I mean, that's why like, and everyone's selling their old, uh, their catalogs, their catalogs. That's nuts. Like that's Bob a whole Dylan other, and everybody, I mean, that's a whole other game and like universal going public on the stock market. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The business stuff that's happened just over the past year during yeah. the pandemic. Hypnosis with the as well. If you you know hypnosis yeah, song fun like it's h-i-p-g-n-o-s-i-s or yeah, yeah they're just like they they bought up some indie publishers it's like a big company that's like done, does yeah, just tons of different them. stuff okay. but but that's like the future in my opinion is where where you have these companies that end up going public that don't need to like I think it's a good thing in some ways. Like when some of these bigger companies go public, the only bad part is they're trying to make board members and money. And right. like, you can't constantly just be improving sales every, like it's, it's art. Like sometimes it's going to be dead, but, but right, right, that's right. the one negative, but the positive yeah, is they're that they're not used to that in business. They're like numbers down, fire people. Exactly. And it's like, no, like this is art. It's going to go up and down and you have to have so. room. That's why you got to try to own your stuff as much as possible or right. know how to use the company to your advantage and, yeah. and you know, they're taking advantage of you. So why aren't, why wouldn't you take advantage of the services they're offering you? And not a bad way. That's just business. So yeah. it's like, but, but yeah, it's streaming. It's, it's all about timing. Uh, it's a numbers game. It's, it's just content. And unfortunately we're in a content time and that's yeah. why I make so much social content. That's why I, I do so much like everything because like sometimes you might, I mean, dude, you have the funniest videos of the, of the, <laughs> of the mag life. And yeah, like, thanks. there are tons of people that I'm sure are fans of you because they saw that. Right. And then now they, Oh wow. He's a great DJ. And like, this is awesome. But like, yeah. 
But like that's just like part of your calling card is like your personality. Yeah. And I think no, you were. I mean, you you do a bunch of hilarious stuff on yours too, and but, then also you were doing like those Friday flips where you yeah. were remixing songs that were. I play some of those, you I'll know, say, that, yeah. that, that you've made. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have to just do different experimental things to to keep being out there, I guess, you know, and doing that stuff. And then what do you see? Where do you think, see things going? You know, because we're talking about all this futuristic stuff and everybody's yeah. into NFTs and the metaverse and all these things. Where do you see things going as far as artists, producers, DJs, or music people putting out music in the future and what the I th opportunities will be? Yeah. You know, I, I think there's like a couple parts to it. One, we're always going to have... I think it's just less now because of like... like we're going to have always a few people every year. It's always going to be a few Billie Eilish's or, or Olivia Rodrigo's, you know, or right. who's the new, like NBA young boy, honestly was one of them like yeah, two years right. ago. Yeah. And, and I would say we're always going to see that where people are just artists and they just go astronomically huge. Yeah. Mind you, how much is that? A, is like that marketing money being shoveled into somebody versus not like, I right. don't know because honestly, like once you have enough money, like you can make anything work. Like yeah. I just, I've seen it. I've seen the back right. end of some big artists, some big songs I've been a part of and how much marketing money has been put into that. Like, like that, whatever you, you can tell Crazy. that money yeah. gets put into stuff, but right. I always see that's going to always be a thing no matter what. Mm -hmm. But what I do think is happening now is like, I, I feel like I'm going to, this is probably a term in the like metaverse NFT world, but like, it's really like going to turn into like a creator economy where it's just like okay. all creatives doing things like myself where like I do video, I do music, yeah. I act, I do all these different small like pieces. I do whatever. And that all goes towards like me being a creative and creator and branding specialist or whatever you want to end up calling me at the end of the day. Like obviously I'm a music producer and songwriter, yeah. but like I think the way that, technology is moving is making it like a lot more accessible for everyone to do a lot of different things. Like the guy who does video here also makes music and in videoing this podcast. And like, that's a, a very useful skill to have in order to like move forward as a music person. Right. Um, so same thing with being a songwriter. Like I think songwriters and I'm, we're seeing this more now are turning into more managers as well. And you know, like, doing multiple things where they're like, oh, wow, like I don't need to rely on all these other people or things to get this stuff done. Like just using the, like my skills or what I want to do and, yeah. and using that to like help uplift whatever you're trying to do. That's what I see is happening in like entertainment per se, like yeah. music. I, I think house music is completely like just doing the thing it was doing in the late nineties, early two thousands right now, where it's like, having this, the underground is being super celebrated and becoming yeah. popular. And then it's probably gonna have another big boom again. But, um, you know, electronic music I see is like only getting even more and more popular. Right. And honestly, I'm seeing like straight middle of the road pop getting just completely like demolished right now. <laughs> like, like nobody cares. Like, 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 like you're seeing Jason Derulo's like, like doing this like TikTok dance and like I love Jason Derulo. I think Jason's dope, but like he's just like also like here exactly. I'm also hanging out with fourteen year olds right. and like yeah, 
I don't know. Is that kind of creepy, right? It's kind of creepy to me. I don't know why. It's, it is. Uh, I hang out with young kids, by the way. I, I, I not, okay, not like that, but still, <laughs> like, but like, like I work with them. You know what yeah, I mean? I know and what it's you like, mean. it's like, I just think there's, yeah. um, but again, it's kind of like at the same time, you could say the same thing about Juicy J. Juicy J said he's gotten rich three times and he's been around the youth for 30 years. And yeah, I, who knows how old this guy is? You know what I mean? And it's like- He's 100. Yeah, he's literally like 100. <laughs> like in music and entertainment, this guy's 100 years old. Like he's a dinosaur <laughs> and he's awesome. He kills it and he's still yeah, killing he's it right now. Right. And, and so we're always going to see like that stuff prevail. Yeah. But I think we're morphing more into like people, like the multifaceted people are gonna start to like take over a bit more because we're seeing yeah. this with NFTs. Like, there's so many amazing digital artists and and people that like don't make traditional artwork. You want to yeah. say, and it's three dimensional and it's there's there's things attached to it. And I mm -hmm. think I just think like everyone's figuring out a way to monetize everything like right yeah. now because because you can and I think you should. Like that's why I think that like monetizing our networks, like what a DAO is, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, that, that's what we were talking about before. Yeah. Yeah, that's where yeah I, see I it agree. Going. I mean, it's it's weird. The crypto thing is weird because everything is getting turned into a business and monetized even way more than before. Because it used to be like, hey, I just want to have a hobby. And now it's like, you have to monetize yeah. your hobby. You have to monetize everything. It's like, oh my God. But at the same time, all these companies were monetizing it while we were doing it for free. So I guess it's a response to that. Like, well, wait, we want to be a part of all this extra money you guys are generating well, and making, you know? And Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, think, I know, well, I agree. think about it because, like, I mean, we saw if you saw that documentary, Social Dilemma, like, these companies are literally treating us like stocks and yeah. trading our future's attention yeah. no, it's based true. off of clicks. And, right. and, the, and Facebook and Instagram, you know, whatever, same company, but, but, like, all these TikTok, everyone's benefiting from our content. Like, they're making money hand over fist right. every time you post, even if it's you with your child. Like, right. they're making money off that. And that's, to me, like, insane and yeah, that makes no right. sense like like why should if even if that's why i kind of stopped right. we should all own part of it in a way like that's what the whole yeah. crypto and dow and all that stuff and and i do see a room for that we were talking about before about mm. djs being together yep. in that kind of world and um, i think i think it's important that everybody stays connected mind you i'm yeah. not somebody that's here promoting crypto or nft stuff like i'm not financially yeah, involved me too. i'm just in interested it, in it and the i think it's the future what could be done and what has been done yeah you know? I, I i agree i mean i i definitely think it's the future but but like in terms of like the whole i honestly i think we're gonna see a lot more of the underground celebrated a lot more of the 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 little guy or little girl being celebrated yeah. like like championed all the underdogs like i think like it's literally we've there's never been a time more for that than right now like right for everyone that that needs to do that so uh or needs to be d uh discovered um, right that's so that that's like to me i think the most beautiful part i'm seeing mind you financially like i think we're in the worst time ever <laughs> making money in in music like in creative stuff like right. in general like everybody's being shafted yeah. but even the nft stuff is weird because yeah i do think there's potential in it but it's like some people will make 12 million dollars and some person just makes 12 dollars. you know just exactly. like anything else like it's all being figured out you know? yeah I'm, I'm i can't buy into this uh i'm not gonna say names of anybody because but i am shady but like, but like yeah. i'm i'm gonna say that 
can you guys stop saying this this whole thing's yeah. for everyone? This will revolutionize this will every best. single and thing and everyone will be affected. It's like it's Dude, still- you just have a billion dollar dollars in mono- monopoly money and right. like you can't like you don't even own a house like literally like own a house first and then come and talk to me use your monopoly money on that like I'm not saying it's fake and i believe in it again but yes you don't you like what do you you own this picture or this pixelated ro- uh, punk thing like like whatever it is and like I, i'm not saying it's bad i'm into art like cool right just like like cool story bro it's like somebody coming up to me and being like like uh, like with the bored apes it's like somebody described it to me as like having a rolex and i said okay i literally don't care if you own a rolex like that's cool for the one moment i see it but like yeah. but like that's how much it's worth you know these things are worth like right like, and, and that's great you're spending that but like why didn't you take out that $70,000 in ETH that you made and put a down payment on a home that will right. pay you passive income? And mind we don't need to get into finance because yeah. like, I'm not a finance expert in any means. But I just like, there's some disconnect with that. Yeah. Like, No, I understand what you're saying. I think like, I think that, it, that, you know, it's so complex and it's a big, long thing, but, but that basically like... A lot of the board ape crypto punk thing probably was was born out of the fact that people wanted to show that there was going to be a way to utilize this yeah, funny yeah, money. Yeah. You know, then it got used and it became something. Then people that didn't understand it are like, "Wait a second, you guys are making money. real money, and <laughs> and you're cool if you have this. I'm going to do it too." So now it's heading into the casual consumer luxury yeah. goods buyer world where before it was sort of tech people showing, look, I can use the money that we made and it works. Our, our concept is yeah. working. You know, it was almost like how when Blau's album came out, like these big crypto whale people wanted to show that the concept was going to work. You no, know, it didn't matter how much if it was overpaying, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's evolving now into this whole thing. And, and yeah, and then everybody has their own takes on it and, it's crazy. Yeah, and and I love this stuff though. Like Me too. I'm involved I'm on the creative side and I think it's like super awesome. I just like want there to be more accessibility to people yeah. that can't afford to spend $8,000 to get in a DAO or like right. and, or like their friend is getting added into a group and like and they're you know, I just like I I feel like there's a lot of nepotism and it's like very um closed off but then once you're in this crew everybody's super awesome and i've been lucky to like be involved in crews and and different people that are in that that space that like like you know respect me as a creative so they're like oh he's cool like we can talk to him about this versus like i've seen the way like they've also treated other people that might not like be uh right as versed a, a benefit and, to them or something. Yeah, yeah and i just i just i'm like i don't i always like i don't know i feel the same way about music right like everybody always goes like i'm doing this for everything and like yeah. this is for the culture and like mind you i make music for culture and i want to improve that's a goal of course, mine. but yeah. that's an adam goal that's like yeah. that's just for me yeah like like stop freaking acting like this is gonna better everyone's life because you sold a board ape I, the technology's better for everybody, yeah. but not you spending $70,000 degenerately just on a picture right. and, or to own the photo or, you know, not to minimize it. Don't no one come at me and say, Oh, it's not just a photo or it's not yeah. just a thing. No, like, we understand the value <laughs> and why there yeah. is value and, and That's how true. cool it is to be owning a digital, be yeah. able to prove digital ownership. Yeah, um, I just yeah, I, and I, the smart contracts and and being able to 
you know, put in code what you want to happen in the future. And, and that's all very, I can, I can great. Yeah. I can confidently say I'm not allowed to really like say what projects I'm in, involved with in the, in the crypto space or metaverse space. But I can say that the business is so much chiller. Like the business dealings are so much chiller and like, I'm not making money off of my net. I'm making money off gross and I'm getting paid to just somebody, instead of somebody saying, here, we're going to pay you ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for a song on this X record label with X artist, but 50% or 100% of it is recoupable against you. Right. And I made the whole track and yeah. recorded it and mixed it and did, and what, what fees are you recouping? You right, just, right. You just uploaded it to the distributor and they put it on yeah. the DSP. Like, um, you know, instead it's like, here's your flat rate. We're not going to freaking lie to you and send you fake bank statements, which I've gotten from like the biggest companies before I've caught them faking stuff. I'm, I'm wow. like, I'm, I'm like auditing people like major yeah. billion, billion dollar companies like are shafting people like me who right. it's like a couple thousand dollars. It's not a lot. Like, and that's why this technology yeah. is coming out because you don't need the lawyer or the auditor or the person you have it all built into the smart contract yeah. and then you can see it and it just does what it does and yeah. everybody could see it. I can see exactly how much it made. I can like everyone boasts about it. Right. Like they want to talk that they sold it. Right. And that's great. And, and I get to see that and I make uh residual income on that indefinitely forever. Where is this? Are you allowed to say where this music will go or be? Yeah, or? Uh, it's, it's going to be in the metaverse. Um, like, I don't want to like a metaverse. A metaverse. It, well, it's there's gonna, tons it's, of them, right? It's for like, it's for, uh, it's for an NFT collection or collectible thing but then it's like more than that like yeah. it's part of one of those collections right and it's turning into like these artists these metaverse artists and wow. it's really cool i think and oh, wow. really creative and like the the op the opportunities i know and like the ideas are so cool and endless and like interactive and like just like whoa like this is so fun like it's yeah. just fun like that's what i love about it is yeah like, totally that's what attracted me vibes. was the fun curiosity fun yeah all so that. so that that stuff that i'm involved in is really cool um and yeah they just want me to make them like whatever like they're they're no one's like searching for commerciality. Yeah. like they're just searching for like do we like this do yeah. we want to put this out do, does this represent us and right that's, that's that's what great. art should that's be about. Art. Yeah. That's art. Like I don't care how much money is in it, and like I was crapping on it a second ago. Like that's <laughs> awesome. Like that's yeah. the coolest part to me. Is like everybody's just like trying to do dope shit. Mind you, now you have these tech bros all involved in it, and like making them pseudo art collectors. But isn't that what rich people are, anyways? Like pseudo intellectuals. Like yeah, like, yeah. So it's like whatever. Right. I'm, if they have the money to get into that scene, then yeah. they are quote unquote that. But I'm seeing that, but. like hit songwriters, like hit songwriters. Good friend of mine, Gino the Ghost. Um, he's you know written n numerous number one hits, and he's like, he's like, I I'm just writing music that I want to write and work with artists I want to write. Other than that, I'm like doing NFT world, and I'm and you know everyone should go and check him out. I think he's like a great. Dope. Um, 
a great person to see like who navigates their own business, but then also like got involved in the metaverse and NFTs. Right. And what's a good way for people listening that do produce or DJ or do something that, that would want to get involved or did it I just kind of come to you through contacts or something? Both. It came through contacts and Twitter. Um, I don't, I'm not a personal like discord person. Like I just don't have the mental capacity to like sit right. in a forum chat rooms. Like <laughs> yeah. I just don't do it. Yeah. But Discord, Twitter, follow uh, that dude, Cooper Turley or yeah, Koopa Troopa. Like yeah. he's like the, the guy who talks about everything. And then I would also like follow just your favorite artists or people that you see are like getting involved and just like go down the rabbit hole. Another friend of mine um, who's like, I would say on the lower side of the totem pole when it comes to like, if we're talking about like Cooper, someone to follow my friend, Goshfather. Um, he's, yeah, he's another, he's, he's another so producer. Yeah. He's super funny, but he's also like super involved in it and he works in the tech world as well. So he's really, really knowledgeable right. and for like baseline. So making the tutorial videos. Like. Yeah. He's great. And then um, same with um, doing good HQ doing d-o-i-n-g um g-u-d um they're a uh uh nft marketplace and um company that uh, some good friends of mine started and they're on twitter on twitter discord whatever they're they're up to but um they're something that they do a lot of cool stuff and whoever's in their network i would follow right um found it all right i'm following them i follow the other people already cool yeah yeah my my um my friend, uh, who's the art curator there, I've known since Jewish summer camp, uh, Kyle Gordon. Oh, amazing! Um, or he, yeah, yeah, he's uh, one of the like. Yeah, I want to get more into making beats. I mean, I've been trying to do some NFT projects myself and making a lot of beats in my house, but I want to, I want to do more with DJing in there and 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 make making beats for stuff and collaborating yeah. with artists and and. Just doing cool art stuff that I like that I'm just making for the fun of it. You know, that could lead to other cool things. I think you've, you got it. I mean, you've done it already, actually. Like, <laughs> I've seen you do it for years, like, before this stuff. Like, you were yeah. always, like, how, like, like doing just music and pairing it in certain ways or, like, even, I don't know. I just feel like there's such room for so many people that, like, yeah. do cool shit, like, yeah, and unique. Trying to, trying to figure out the best way to, what, what I can add, you know, and bring in there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Dope. Well, metaverse, uh, metaverse, metaverse talks. Um, well, shit. I mean, we've been talking for a minute. Um, is there any things you want to promote or talk about or advice for people or things you think we forgot? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I'll say two things. Yeah. Okay. First, first thing, just like to cap, just like all music, entertainment, everything my biggest advice and mind you i'm like totally still learning i'm still like the like going through this journey and everything but you don't know a bad deal until you experience a bad deal and and you don't know when like like something is good for you when it ends up turning out to be bad or vice versa right and like with everything that I've said and all the experiences that I've had and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm sure there's like tons of things I didn't talk about, but, but like, yeah. that's like probably like my biggest advice of, for anybody and just like doing numbers, like whatever that means to you. And you can put that, put numbers up on the board. That's it. Right. Make as much music as possible. Or if it's NFTs or if it's DJing, like DJ as many parties as you can, you shouldn't like the money will happen. I know it will because it's happened to me where like, I've been broke like three times already and I'm 26 years old and done, you know, open format career. Then I had a, another career in bees knees and then I was tour DJing and then now I'm doing this. And then I've been producing and writing for people like, like this stuff doesn't 
like right. the 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 hurdles in the mountains don't get uh like easier it just never does and i know me and True. you from having talks like about this stuff like like you feel the same way i know yeah, that i do so it's just doing as much as you can and doing your best is like the most important part but to promote anything um i got a remix pack coming out for the ep on december 17th oh dope so that will be really awesome from nico the kid lefty and uh clavette um amazing it's gonna be super awesome i'm really excited about it and then uh i just have some more video music videos and songs coming out next year is like i don't want to without giving away too much of like what's gonna happen for me but yeah uh uh, I'm definitely we're going we're going to the club. We'll put it that way. Okay. We're going to the club right, and great. and we're taking it there. You know, uh, I'm I'm really excited for the next round of music that I'm putting out and um, also just the artists I'm working with. I'm working with some cool indie artists. I'm working with some like bigger artists and all genres, all languages, uh, Portuguese, Spanish, wow. English, like so. tons of different stuff. So like I, I'm really excited uh, on the the styles of music I've been working on and. Yeah, just you know, follow me wherever you can find me, and where do they where do they find you at Novador N O V O D O R? Just like pretty much anything online. Yeah, maybe TikTok. I it's like at Novador eight. I don't know why, but I couldn't get Novador. Maybe I locked myself out of the account. I don't know. I know I but, can't get the DJ Spider spelled D J S P I D E R on TikTok too. But is there seems like there's nobody. No, it's D E E J A Y S P I D E. Okay, but I can't. I try to get the other one, but I can't get the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who's on it. It's so hard it's to so like funny. figure it out, you know. But but yeah, just follow me anywhere. I mean, I got always ton, tons of stuff I'm posting yeah. all the time. Like my dad yesterday, like, that was great. I reposted it. Thank you. Yeah, my my dad loves that video for some reason. Even though I'm always like, <laughs> when the Viagra be hitting, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's out there. Dancing. Oh yeah, he was. There was like a girl kind of like in the background of that video. Yeah, and like he was like totally like talking her up. She's like this young young woman, and like my dad. My dad <laughs> thinks he's like 20 years old. It's awesome. It's great. That's um, incredible. But but yeah, other than that, um, yeah, this was awesome. Like, thanks yeah, for man, me. thank you for coming on. Thank I, you, I, and everybody, go check out his music. I, I promise you, you will like it. Uh, <laughs> you'll so, at least please. find some stuff you like in there. I, know <laughs> I hope so. Yes, I think you will. More music coming next year, I promise. So. Yes, more yeah. music coming from Novador. And um, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you, man. I'm, and, I'm uh, very honored I was asked. So thank yes, you. Thank I'm, you. I'm glad, I'm glad we made it happen. So um, all right, I will, uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks for coming Drop the bass. Drop the bass. Thank you. Peace. All right, thank you, Novador, for coming on the show. That was so much fun. Great getting to catch up with you and see you in person. Uh, thank you guys, the Beat Sorcerers, for listening. As you know, this is available on every platform there is. If you want to watch it on YouTube, you want to listen to it on Spotify or Apple or anywhere you get your podcast, tune in. And make sure you hit me on Instagram, at DJSPIDER. And uh, tune in next week. The 20 Podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.